Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Edie Adams from Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, as well as Sabrina Dorman Andrew from New Creation. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, Grayson. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's good to have you both. Sabrina, if you would just like to start out telling us about New Creation and uh, how it got started. Yeah, so New Creation is a faith-based nonprofit, and we're actually located right here in Harrisonburg. We got our start about seven, eight years ago. We met a young girl who had went on a mission trip to Uganda, and she talked about the women that she was serving there. So these girls were rescued from human trafficking, but really didn't have a way to move forward. And so she started a social enterprise called the Zion Project, And it was a really simple, it all started with a necklace. So we started selling jewelry from our dining room, inviting women to come and hear about the work that was being done in Uganda. And it was a way that we could get people in the community to help make a global impact. So they would shop, we would send the money back, and that really helped provide a way forward for the girls. It was a really simple yes to selling jewelry that has turned into now we work with over 40 different organizations we're on five different continents and we just within the last few weeks hit a million dollars of sales and what that is amazing what that million dollars translates is freedom restoration aftercare It's a path forward that's an empowering path. It isn't necessarily, we're not a charity organization. We're empowering, employing, creating um, opportunities for women that are either coming out of human trafficking or vulnerable to trafficking. So, yeah, you are making a way forward for lots of women um, while making other women and men look good in (laughs) you know, and all this great jewelry and clothing and it's so inspiring to be able to shop and know that it's making a difference and an impact in somebody's life. So that's really cool. You're also doing a lot with awareness as well. Um, I don't know when that came into the picture. Yeah, so our awareness, at the very beginning, since the shop was in our house, we would go to churches, really anybody who would let us come in and talk about our mission and sell our jewelry. And I was at a local church, so I'm from Elkton. I was in an Elkton church, and I had this young girl, after I was talking about the issue of trafficking and what we were doing to counteract it, she walked up, and the first thing she said was, I didn't know that it had a name. And she allows me to share her story, but essentially her mom was her trafficker for a decade here in this community. She trafficked her essentially to support a drug habit. Mm -hmm. And so having conversation with this young girl and that first statement of, I didn't know that it had a name, made me realize that, yes, what we're doing globally is great, but who's protecting kids locally? Because Mm -hmm. domestic trafficking is overlooked. People don't think it's happening in the U.S. They certainly don't think it's happening in Elkton or Broadway or Dayton or Harrisonburg. And so that's really, she is what sparked the awareness. And so we do it in a couple ways. 
our heart and hope is to get in front of people who work with children. So whether it's foster care placement agencies, faculty and staff at schools, at churches, to really get people to understand what domestic trafficking looks like. We dispel a lot of myths because there's a lot of myths around how trafficking happens and doesn't happen. And then we also connect kids to prevention education curriculum. So that goes into middle schools and high schools to help start conversations about this because the average student, before we go into their class, they do a like pre-class survey and about 80% of the students don't think trafficking is where they are. And so it shows such a huge vulnerability that kids have when they don't realize what trafficking is. And so in the last, you know, five, six years we've been doing prevention education, we've connected over 5,000 students in Virginia to curriculum for kids to understand and not just to be protected because that's a big part of my heart. But honestly, I think it's more to give people the tools and students the tools to be a part of change because mm-hmm. the truth is most of us don't realize what parts we play in fueling trafficking and there's super simple easy ways that people can get involved to help turn the tides and so our hope is yes we're protecting them we don't want them to be a statistic but almost more importantly we want them to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem because you got to get upstream you know we can't just keep providing rescue and aftercare we have to get in front of the issue to make sure kids aren't lured into trafficking You had that shop in your home for a while. Mm-hmm. Did you outgrow that space? What happened? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you have grace for a season. You know, you like can do things for a season. I look back and I'm like, how did my family deal with that? It took over our dining room, our office. I mean, it really took over the whole lower level of our house because what started with one partnership quickly grew to another partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, another organization would reach out and say, we have girls who are making survivor-made purses. Would you carry those? And another jewelry company. So we had grown into about seven partnerships in our home. The other thing was I was working full-time and doing this full-time, which, again, I had grace for the season, but I can't even tell you how hard it was to balance that. Being a mom, we had two little girls. And so we outgrew it, not just physically outgrew the space. I think emotionally we needed to put some boundaries And so um, it wasn't long until I was like, we really need to find a location for people to come and shop because it was lovely for people who knew us, but we only know so many people. And we would do outside vendor events and go to churches, but we would run into people and they would say, we want to come shop at your shop. Why do you want to give them a home address? And so, yeah, we needed to get out of, (laughs) I needed to get my house back. (laughs) It's a really neat story how you came about the space that you're at now. Would you like to share that story and how that door opened up? Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories, actually. So we were in a sermon series about the land that God calls you to. And he wasn't really necessarily talking about physical land. He was talking about maybe the people group, the issue, the community. You know, what is a specific place that God has tugged your heart? And while we were in the sermon series... We had to drive past Pamela's Secret, which is a well-known pornography shop in our city. We drove by it every Sunday. And I don't want to say it was necessarily the audible voice of God, but it was definitely not my voice. And I definitely felt that the Lord was saying, that's the land that I've called you to. And I tried to bargain with him and say, 
what about a piece of land downtown or I'd rather have a space here I really don't want to buy a pornography shop and it really it was the ugliest building in the entire city so of course that would be the one that he would call me to right <laughs> and so don't like pink and white <laughs> right nothing like a bright pink and white building that was inhabited by many wild animals and just in disarray I mean we bought it at auction one of my friends, I will never forget him saying, the scripture that makes me think of you the most is how God uses the foolish to shame the wise. And I'm like, that seems like a backhanded compliment. Um, but it was kind of in my, I was just naive. I didn't understand. I was a bit foolish. We bought it at auction sight unseen. It was boarded up. We had no idea what it looked like inside. And we only had $10,000 that was all we had in our account to actually be able to bid on the building. And I never thought past that step. Like I never thought of like, oh, the renovation or any of that. And so it really has been, God has been all over it, not just in calling us to that, not just the redemption, not just the rent, like he's in all of the steps for us to buy it, renovate it and still be there. And the beautiful thing about us being in that space is it's allowed us to minister to people who are still coming in thinking it's a pornography shop. And that really caught us off guard because I just assumed, well, once new creation is on the sign, right? People will know it's a ministry or people will know it's different owners. And so we've really been able to have an opportunity to speak truth in life in a really dark. Pornography is so tied into and intertwined with sex trafficking. Most of the time, pornography is sex trafficking. And so it's just... The goodness of God that he would see, hey, if I put her in this place, the way that she'll be able to minister is so different than if I would have had a place downtown like I requested. <laughs> but you've got the place downtown now. I do have a place. You're right. That's a great point. I do have the place downtown. You know, and honest to goodness, Grayson, there's nowhere they're going to have to pull me from that building, right? Like there's nowhere else I'd rather be. I walk into the shop and it's such light and positivity. And I still remember the day that I walked in. The first day they let us go inside the shop, of course they had to like cut a lock off and we walk in and floor to ceiling is papers and posters, like floor to ceiling of pornography and pornographic images. And it was overwhelming to me to see what it was. And I think about how far we've come and just the total light that has taken over the darkness. And so I love, and I also think it's kind of a fun conversation starter of like, mm, yeah, one time I bought a pornography shop, <laughs> flipped it and changed it into a ministry. So I remember the first time I walked in the doors. Which wasn't long after we bought it. Right. Yeah. So I walked in with a Renew Camp team mm -hmm. of teenagers. The first thing that really popped out at me was all of the pink feathers. Yes. There were lots of those. Um, <laughs> just everywhere. But the one moment for me that was just, I have to share it because it was just a crazy moment. I walked into the restroom and there's a soap sitting there. It was very questionable. <laughs> it was soap. <laughs> and it was in a pump bottle, but it just, you know, it had an image that, you know, is not anything that I want to be attached to. But I needed to wash my hands. And I remember thinking, and I actually took a picture and sent it to someone, said, if I wash my hands with this soap, are they going to be clean? <laughs> like, it was just yes. one of those moments. But what really impacted me in the week that we worked there walking in on Monday and then coming back at the end of the week and seeing 
the walls covered with scripture, mm-hmm. where those students mm-hmm. had come in and they claimed that shop. Mm-hmm. And leaders, like everyone was able to come in and write their scriptures before it was painted and really claimed that whole ground for the ministry. And think about the image of the reality was before they came, those walls were covered in just terrible, terrible yes. images and then God's word covering mm. them. Yes. And I told you, we didn't do a great job painting my office. And so when the sun hits just in the right way, there are pieces of those scripture and mm. encouragement. On my door seal, there's one specific place that says God is good. And I'm just so grateful that I painted and I didn't do a good job because now <laughs> I get to see these these uh, images that pop through. And it was really beautiful to see the Renew Camp kids because to this day, I mean, that's been six years ago that Renew was there. And we still have kids to this day that come in and say, I was one of the students. And, you know, I have parents that come in and say, my kids were here and they were so impacted by what you did. And so Renew was a huge piece of our yeah. story. And so you moved into that building, now you have your shop, and now you have lots of hours to fill, and what did that look like? How? What was the journey of getting that staffed? And Because you're open a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. So in the beginning, it was really, we were 90% volunteer run, so we had a very large volunteer program, because part of it was, I was still working in school, so I wasn't necessarily in the shop. And being a startup nonprofit and this crazy overhaul of how financially straining, you know, the building was, we didn't have money to pay staff. So we had very little paid staff, but we had about 20 different volunteers. And Edie, she was our, I mean, you were there from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Like you were talking about the necklace, I remember the necklace connecting us. Mm -hmm. We were in the church parking lot exchanging. That was about the time you were buying the building because we prayed for that. Yeah. And then um, just that connection there. Then we did a vendor show at Massanutten. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, froze. Cold and rainy. Rainy. And that also made me realize we need a building Mm -hmm. that's temperature controlled. Yeah. Yeah. This vendor event stuff isn't that fun. I was just sitting here thinking about that and how you were doing home shows Mm -hmm. and things like that too but I think one of the successes that you've had is that people have that connection once they either come into the store or talk to you or your staff they're involved you know you're talking about the renew students still involved after six years Mm -hmm. and I think the building is a part of that because it's almost like a home or a place Mm -hmm. people want to come and gather and just learn and figure out how they can help Yeah, and I love hearing that because I think that was my heart for new creation all along was how do we create an environment that connects everyday people to a really hard issue? Because sex trafficking isn't necessarily an issue that people are excited to hear about. It's hard. It's dark. It's scary. People want to disconnect. It's overwhelming. We get paralyzed. And so I think one of the most beautiful things is the way that God has created new creation to create community where people feel like they are connected, they are excited to shop, volunteer, donate, because they can see that it's bigger than themselves. Yeah, I think that it draws us outside of ourselves. It gives us purpose. And I love connecting uh, with the volunteers that work there. Edie, you worked there for quite a while. Would you like to just share the impact that that had on you being a part as a volunteer? It was tremendous. It was huge learning for me, just learning about human trafficking. And Sabrina was always there to help you, to talk to you, to teach, to recommend 
books. So it was a huge learning curve for me. It was sort of taking me outside of my box. You're talking about people coming in to, um, to go to Pamela's Secret. And I remember one day a gentleman came in and started up the steps. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no video room up there anymore. <laughs> it's not in there anymore. Yeah. But uh, just to hear the impact of what new creation does, not only on our local girls. I mean, I think that was a huge part for me is to realize how much trafficking goes on actually Mm -hmm. in Rockingham County. And it's just like, whoa. But then to hear the stories of how selling these products, how they help the girls around. I think it was Thailand where... They were had a little piece of land. Each one of them was given. Oh, that a was Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah. yeah, the girls would go through the program, and mm-hmm. once they finished the program, they would actually give the girls their own piece of property, which yes. in that culture is unheard of for women to own property. But mm-hmm. women who have come out of trafficking, it's even it's another level of wow. These women are getting it's more than a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we say we're providing a job, yes, we are providing a job, but it is really changing their lives. I think it's sustainability. It's not just rescuing them out of trafficking, but how do we keep them from getting pulled back into trafficking? Resources and tools to help them. Yes, and I think with trafficking, what people don't, so many times don't understand is their vulnerability is tied to the lack of opportunity and tied to poverty. And so job creation is a big piece of the solution. It's why now we don't just work with girls that are survivors. We work with women and marginalized people groups to get in front of the issue. So we're working with artisan groups that would be very much vulnerable to trafficking. If we can supply them a job and give them an opportunity before that happens, that's a win, you know? And so I think sometimes we forget the power of dignified work Mm. to create you know it's also restoring their pride Mm -hmm. their dignity it's not a handout we're creating these women are incredibly gifted talented women and when you walk into the shop and you see the level of artistic ability and the creative power that was in these women it's incredible Mm. it's breathtaking to me that these women were um, devalued that were exploited, were abused, that still after that they can create something so beautiful. Like, that's amazing that we get to be a part of that. Yeah, that is The darkness didn't kill the beauty. It's still there. Exactly. And helping them find purpose and to hear that they're gifted in specific ways to create. And being able to help people to connect with their gifts is such a beautiful ministry. We've been talking, um, Sabrina, just about... When you're in nonprofit, you have a nonprofit. Partnerships are so important. We just recently was at your nonprofit there at New Creation uh, when we did Best Week Ever and were able just to be a little bit of a blessing to you that week. And it started a conversation. It's really what kind of sparked this conversation about partnership, the power of partnership, and the power of building bridges in our community. Uh, would you like to just talk a little bit about your passion for that and how your New Creation is different because of partnerships, and we've partnered a lot over the years with different things through the youth, yeah. um, with our winter retreats and with Renew Camp, which we've already mentioned. But talk to us. Um, we're not the only ones, by far. Yeah, but your partnership, you know, the church has been, when I say the church, the church is at large in the community has been a huge part of our story. But, you know, your church here specifically have partnered with us for one, I mean, it's one of the most long-standing partnerships, and the creativity with how you get me 
into the church is also very fun. I mean, you know, the reality that I've had the shop in this church mm-hmm. multiple times and we literally create an entire shop and let people come. I told Pastor Adrian, like, if you ever need to fill a space, I can just set the shop up long term. <laughs> but, you know, partnerships are essential to us, not just because, you know, the physical part, you know, what Best Week ever did for us. It seemed like a small blessing. It was huge. It was very emotional. It was something that was on my to-do list forever, but we have so many to-dos, so many things that we need to finance that a lot of those projects get pushed to the bottom, pushed to the bottom. And when a team comes in, not only did you guys supply the work, but the supplies to see it done and created, that takes such a strain off of our ministry too, to feel like, oh, one less thing that we have to worry about. The other side is a lot of our shoppers and supporters come through our church partnerships. Most of the people who find out about us is like, oh, you've been at my church. I heard you speak. You were at Renew. My son was at Best Week Ever. You know, it's the connection because part, I think, what happens we have we're very fortunate in the community we have so many great organizations here but I think sometimes we need to build a bridge it's like you said the church needs to help build a bridge for their congregants to walk across and connect to these nonprofits and it's essential because without you all partnering we don't exist you know all this talk last week about our anniversary was so great and people kept saying you know they were using terms like you did this and it's not me I get to be in the center of it but it's the whole community who has helped to donate, who has helped to shop, volunteer, to pray. I mean, I can't tell you how many people said, I prayed specifically for that building to be redeemed. And wouldn't you guess the banner that we put across the sign was redeemed? That wasn't me. I didn't pray that prayer. I didn't even want the building, you know? And so it's so beautiful how God gives us each a piece of the puzzle, but we have to have somebody to help connect those pieces. And I think that's what the church partnerships do. They help us connect these pieces and invite people in and help give them creative ways. Best week ever, if you all wouldn't have facilitated that, there's no way that a group would have showed up and been like, hey, Sabrina, I have 10 people. What do you need done? You know, being able to facilitate that kind of work is really powerful. And with trafficking specifically, you know, justice is something that is gospel. And I know that it can be hard for churches to enter in conversations around human trafficking. And we want to help. We want to be a resource to churches. Let us come talk to your congregation. Let us share. Because it can be really tricky as a church to figure out how can we be the solution. You all can't be the solution to all of these issues. But you can and we should as churches be partnering with, facilitating conversations, mm-hmm. and engaging with these ministries that are shifting our community and the bigger picture of the global community. And so partnerships are amazing. It was very emotional when I pulled up to Best Week Ever because it almost was like this flood of memories from Renew Camp. And the truth was we were totally overwhelmed. When we bought the building, I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea the amount of work that was going to be done. And so it really helped give me a deep breath of a week that they kicked me off of the property and they took over and helped clean it out. And it was just a really beautiful, like over the years, God has continued to use his people to do his work for his glory. And it's really a powerful thing when you get to be in the center of it, right? And watch it and see it. Um, So we just appreciate the partnerships. And my favorite is people will say, they'll walk in and I'll say, how did you hear about us? And they say, oh, I go to church with you. And I'm like, oh, you go to Grace Covenant? And they'll say, 
no, I go to First Church of the Nazarene. Isn't that your church? <laughs> and I said, well, they share custody of me. I'm there a lot. And so I love that. People are so connected with our mission, and you guys have loved us so well, and you've created so many opportunities that people just assume that I'm a... You're family. I'm family. You are I'm family. A, so I'm like, yeah, that's my church too. So... It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I was just thinking, Sabrina, as you were talking about churches and other ministries partnering with New Creation, what would be a good way if somebody's listening and they're a part of a church or a part of an organization or maybe they're just interested individually like Edie was and help with things, what would be a good way for them to get in contact with you about partnering with New Creation or helping out in a way that you might need help? Yeah, so the best way is to jump on our website. So it's New Creation VA, like Virginia, newcreationva.com or .org. And there's a Get Involved tab. So there's some different opportunities for people to get involved. There's a speaker request form. So if people would want me or someone from the organization to come and share at their church, they can request that. Um, there's a volunteer application on there. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways that people can get involved. And we do. We need the community to keep standing with us because what has happened over the last five years has only happened through people doing that. And so we don't want people to feel like, oh, they're doing great. We can just like that box has been checked. We need people to keep checking those boxes and joining us, whether it's volunteering, shopping, donating, connecting their people to our mission. Social media is a huge platform for us. And so even using your social media outlets to connect your friends and your family with what New Creation is doing, those are powerful, pretty simple ways that people can help our mission move forward. Yeah, and I think you're very open to, you know, getting the email that says, how could our church partner? Yeah. You know, because in these days that we're in, it's more important than ever to continue to Make sure we don't lose those relationships. It could be hard, but we're finding new ways yeah. um, to encourage one another and um, just stay in the conversation. Well, and it's so amazing. You know, a lot of people last week were asking, how has COVID affected your business? You know, how has COVID affected your ministry? And it's like, it's made us become more creative because we've had to figure out new ways to do ministry and churches are figuring out new ways. And so it's really powerful for you guys to invite me on to have this conversation. And so more people can hear, but we are taping a, like a Facebook live event with a church in the coming months because, you know, they aren't celebrating church together yet, but we're trying to get creative too. Mm -hmm. We had, I think we all came into 2020 with big plans and big vision. And here we're sitting here thinking, okay, Lord, you know, what you got coming down the pike? Because it is a little bit tricky to figure out how to stay connected to people when we physically can't connect. So we love getting those emails mm -hmm. from pastors and from people saying, how do we connect to you? Well, Sabrina, thank you for joining us today on Front Porch Talks. And just in closing, any other things that you would like to share, maybe that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't mentioned already about new creation that you'd like to mention? I think it'd be more about trafficking. I think in the media right now, there's a lot of conversations around trafficking and people not understanding. So my encouragement would be really understand the issue of trafficking, whether it's through sites like New Creation, we have information, or trusted site like Polaris Project, International Justice Mission, really understanding how trafficking actually happens is important in these days. 
because there's a lot of myths, there's a lot of misconceptions, and I think as believers, we need to be educated. You know, we need to understand these issues and how they're connecting to our communities. And so, join us in that way. Education and understanding the issue is so powerful. It seems like it's not that big of a move, but it really is. Understanding how trafficking happens, and then hopefully, I'm fairly certain that God will lay on your heart how you can connect with this issue, whether it's through our ministry or another. Yeah, I think when we open up our minds um, and we're not in denial Mm -hmm. in this area and surrounding areas, when we come out of that denial and we listen and learn, I believe God's in the midst of all that preparing our hearts um, to engage the mission. So that's my prayer for those listening today. If you've never, maybe it's something you've never even thought of, thought it was a problem here. Maybe you've been affected. You know, there's the gamut from one end to the other. But wherever you are, learn, listen, and I believe that God has you listening today to be impacted because just as he placed it on your heart, connected you with people around the world to impact and have impacted so many people here today. New people are joining this conversation. And so I believe God will use it in our lives for his kingdom, for his glory. One thing that the learning and understanding did for me, and I'm willing to bet this is true for other people, but once you learn what trafficking is, what it looks like, there are people in your lives that have been trafficked, Mm -hmm. and that really brings it home. Yeah, you're right, because it's much more, you know, they say it's the hidden crime. It's in plain sight. It's around us. But until we kind of have our antennas up and understand what it looks like, we oversee it or we call it something else. Or just like that girl, that that was her story. We say, oh, I didn't know that it had a name. And that's because there's a overwhelming undereducation. Like, there's not awareness around the issue. And so I think that's a really great point is mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll see it in a very different light once mm-hmm. you start understanding it. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Sabrina and Edie, thank you for joining us today and sharing about uh, new creation. And also, Sabrina, you bring an awareness to the issue of human trafficking and how it does happen in our community, even if we aren't aware of it. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. Thanks for caring about the mission and the issue enough to have us on your front porch talk. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as you listen to Sabrina and Edie share about new creation, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.